Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearkchurch.com or download our app available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. We're going to continue our series, uh, The Gift, here. And uh, so let's pray as we, as we jump in, and we'll just jump right into this. Heavenly Father, we're grateful, thankful that we have an opportunity to come and just receive, come and hear your word, come and, and understand and have a greater understanding of the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our life. Father, I thank you that our ears are attentive, that we have an opportunity to focus and that we can, we can focus in tonight and receive something from you. And that's such a blessing. Pray, Father, for everyone that's watching online, that they would be strengthened and encouraged. And Father, we're just grateful that we have an opportunity. You've sustained us for 26 years. We have an opportunity just to come and be together on a Wednesday night and worship you and just have a good time with you. That's a blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thinking of good times I used to have, I used to have to pay for them. And then you try to convince yourself you were really having a good time. I just, I enjoy being in church. I, uh, I've raised three kids in church, not apologizing, and uh, it blessed them. And uh, it just, I enjoy being around church people. I enjoy reading the word, hearing God's word. I just, I think it's one of those things that, that uh, when we get to heaven, we'll talk about these times. Yes. Hey, we had some great times together. And so those are fun. We are doing a series called The Gift. We're talking about understanding the ministry and the role of, of the Holy Spirit and uh, his role. And, and I think you, you can notice it's bigger than we thought. And uh, it, it's bigger than, it, a lot of times people have narrowly defined the Holy Spirit's ministry into, well, he helps me pray in tongues or pray in the Spirit. It's a whole lot bigger than that. And so what we're finding out is a lot about what the Holy, what the Holy Spirit's role is and what he does. And we have, can't, can't lose sight of the fact that he's a gift to us and he's a helper. Amen. When we started the church, uh, we didn't have, we had some part-time uh, folks that were helping us. We had two couples that were helping us. Uh, in fact, Charlie's here tonight. Charlie was one of the first people who uh, who came. Came first Sunday, right? Came first Sunday, and he did that out of guilt. <laughs> I guilted him into it, and uh, two years later, he came to me and said, "You know," he said, "I'm going to take a break this next week." I said, I, "He said I haven't missed a service in two years," and he helped us tremendously. Still does. He's one of our board members. And, uh, but we didn't have any, any staff, and so as the church began to grow, I, I, I'm still working, uh, still working with admin staff at the time. I think they're in disparity now. So I'm still working with them and needed some administrative help. And I approached Janet Hestelo and asked Janet if she would consider being my admin assistant. And she said, I'll pray about it and get back to you. Now, when Janet says, I'm going to pray about it and get back to you, she's actually one of those people that actually prays and then gets back to you. So it's not kind of like we'll do lunch, kind of, you know, you know how people say, I'll pray about it. That's usually a no. Uh, but uh, she said, I'll pray about it. So she came back to me. She says, she says, I'll take it. I said, well, I said, all I can, can, can give you right now is $900 a month. I'll never forget what she said. She said, oh, it's a paid position? <laughs> I went, bingo, that, there's, a, there's a good employee right there. And so uh, Janet, worked, uh, Janet worked as my administrative assistant for about a year and a half. And um, 
Then she came to me and she said, really, she said, this is not my gifting. She said, big help to me. She said, but this is not my gifting. We were, all the church offices were in one room. And we had, we had one of those, those wall units, I guess it was like a desk wall unit, and we turned it around so I actually had some of the wall facing out. That was my privacy, but we were in one room. And uh, she came to me, she said, you know, this, this is really not my gifting. And uh, she said, I'm, I'm going to pray for you. So I said, look, I said, I want you to stay on as an employee, and your role is to pray for me and to pray for the church. Now, if you're laughing, don't laugh because that's been some of the biggest benefit that we've ever had at this church is the fact that we have a lot of people praying and we've had good prayer coverage. So Janet became paid to pray. How's that for a good job? Well, boy, that helped me. And then we needed an administrative assistant. And so uh, Wilma Hector uh, applied for the job and Wilma sat down and she said, uh, she said, I never forget her eyes lit up. She says, I like to file. I mean, she got excited about it. I'm like, you're hired. That's, that's wonderful. <laughs> and, and Wilma has been with me for 23 years. So Janet, 25, still here. Wilma, 23. Not only did they help me, they were a gift to me. Amen. They helped me. But the church grew. We were 1,000 people now, and I'm still the key kind of uh, executive pastor. We needed an executive pastor. And... Uh, the Lord connected me with Philip Moore. And when Philip Moore came in, you talk about someone who helped me. He took just a huge load off of me. He had skills I didn't have. He had knowledge I didn't have. Philip was the one who came in and put a whole financial system around in here that worked so well. And Philip helped us get our very first loan so we could build this building. And he just put some things in, into, into place and helped me as a pastor. You're saying, why are you saying about that? Because I recognize that these people helped me, and without their help, I wouldn't have been able to do what I'm doing. They're a gift to me. But in the same token, the Holy Spirit is a helper. And he will help us do, and he'll help us live for God, and he'll help us do what we cannot do on our own. He's got knowledge you don't have. He's got skills you don't have. He's got insight you don't have, and I don't have. And so he helps us. He is a gift to us. And so if you see it that way, it, it makes it a little easier to say, you know, I, I see these people and I've got other wonderful staff people. We're very blessed here with our staff. We've got good people. And so we've been very blessed with those people and, and, their, and their gifts, their gifts to you. They, they help this church run. And so, it, but if you see them that way, you treat them differently. If you, if you see the Holy Spirit not as an it or a thing or a, a woo-woo or a cloud or a vapor or a, I don't know, Casper the friendly ghost, if you see the Holy Spirit as, as, a, as a gift and as a helper, it makes all the difference in the world. Last week we talked about the Holy Spirit being the one who teaches us and reminds us. He teaches us. He, he'll, he'll give insight into God's Word. I can say some things and I and many of you have said, you know, why you were talking, Ellen, I got different insight. Well, that's not me. That's the Holy Spirit Amen. who can take something and make it come alive to you. He teaches us and then he reminds us. Have been going along in, in a situation? Maybe you're, maybe you're dealing with, with something and all of a sudden here comes a scripture. And you're like, oh yeah, that's a scripture. That's not your good memory. Some of you think, yeah, I got a, man, I got a killer memory. 
<laughs> he might want to back up just a little bit and say, Lord, you've been helping me a whole lot more than I thought you have. And he can bring things to our members. We had a, uh, we had a situation a number of years ago. Well, actually, when, when the church first started. And, um, man, it was, <laughs> we didn't have hardly any money. I mean, we, when we started this church, we started it with the Bank of Clayton. And, uh, and the Bank of Clayton was not well-funded. And so I, I think we had like $1,500 to start this church. And then that depleted. And so, boy, we're, 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 we're making, I'm still working full-time, but we're making it, but it's barely. And we needed a place to go, we needed a place to, to, to have church. We, we were outgrowing that Montessori Center, and we had an a inroad at a place right now, right behind Conroe Golf Cars, and it was a big roller rink. And... Man, it was, so, it was so great, and one of our church members found it. Well, the day before he found it, I, I had contacted a realtor, and I was going to enter an agreement to have her help us find a place. Hadn't signed anything, hadn't done anything. But just, it, was, it was my word, and I said, yes, we'll, we'll do that. But when she found out that we found a place, she wanted a commission of, of uh, $5,000 for, for finding a place she didn't find. And... Um, I'm pretty ticked off about that in, in a very pastoral way. But I, I am, I'm really ticked off. And uh, I, I, re, I remember thinking, I, and uh, I, it, well, a lot of my thoughts weren't good. And, uh, I, and, and the guy we were renting it from, uh, Jim Sebastian, Jim Sebastian told his wife, he said, if that preacher gives that realtor that money, he said he'll... And he said, I won't even rent him the place. I mean, he was, he was mad too. So everybody's mad, except the realtor. And so I was, uh, I'm, driving, I'm driving up 45, and I thought I would pray about it. You know, that's always a good idea. Just pray about it. Hey, Lord, what do, you, what do you think? So I said, well, Lord, what do you think? And the, and the verse came to me. Um, if someone hits you on the, on the right cheek, turn the other one. I went, that's really not what I wanted to hear <laughs> at all. But what it was, was a sense. That's the Holy Spirit, what? Bringing a scripture to my remembrance. And when he brought it to my remembrance, I, I knew what I needed to do. I knew right then. I said, okay. Actually, we didn't have the money. I couldn't even pay this realtor. I said, we'll give you, we'll you 2500 now. I said, I can give you 2500 in six months. And she took the deal. And we paid her. Now, what was interesting was... Uh, Jim was so mad. He was like, I can't. He thought I was a wimp. He thought I was just a little weenie. And that, that uh, he, man, he won't. And I remember his, his wife, Carolyn Sebastian, she's a sweetheart. She still, she still comes with the family. But Carolyn, she, she looked at Jim. She said, she said, you leave him alone. She said, God's going to bless that preacher with that. Now, God did. But what, but what you, you don't realize is, is that one day Jim is sitting and he came in and sat in the back of the church. And one day I gave the, the altar call and Jim didn't raise his hand. He didn't come forward. But he told me a few weeks later, he said, you know that altar call? Like, yes, prayer you do. I said, yeah. He said, well, he said, I, I said yes. And Jim got saved. Jim got wonderfully saved. I mean, he, he said, but I wasn't raising my hand and I wasn't walking no while. I'm like, it's all right. And then Jim became the, one of the biggest advocates we'd had 
in terms, he, he would purchase buildings and lease them to us and he never raised our rent for eight years. So you, you can see we're planting that seed and doing that led to, if I'd, if I'd jumped in and gotten angry, gotten mad, and, and it wouldn't have helped our reputation in the community at all. The Holy Spirit can teach you and he can bring scriptures to your remembrance. That's what he does. He helps. Let's take a look at what Jesus talked about, said about him. He also is our advantage. Jesus talked about him being an advantage to the, to the disciples, and he always points to Jesus. Now let's jump into three areas that the Holy Spirit helps us with. John, you, you're going to like this. This, this one is going to clear up some stuff for you. John, John 16, verses 7 through 11. Let's read this. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, this is Jesus talking to his disciples. If I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, and of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. So let's talk a little bit about that because that, that's a, a role of the Holy Spirit to convict the world of sin. To convict means it's, it's not to condemn you, it is to convince or to persuade he convinces the world that they are sinners and that they need a Savior. He convinces you. You have, a, you have a conviction. You're hearing something. You have a conviction that you need a Savior. I was raised in church when I was, when I was, nine, I was 18, almost 19 years old, walking across a field in Carbondale, Illinois on June 6, 1978. I, I walked across that field and I said, Jesus, I know that I need you in my life. And I asked him, I wasn't in a church, I wasn't kneeling, I'm walking across a field and said, Lord, I need you in my life and made him the Lord and Savior of my life right there. Yes. But I was convinced that I needed a Savior. See, a lot of times you hear people say, well, you know, it's the Holy Spirit just condemned me. and He does not condemn you. He convinces you that you need a Savior. Because a lot of times people are just, people say, well, I, I don't, you know, I'm good. I, I, don't, I don't need a Savior. Well, they need convincing. And, and so, it, and it's not your job to convict them into being saved. He convinces us that we need a Savior, and then we don't have to convict people. I heard people say, we need to preach them under conviction. No, we need to share the good news. And the good news, and when people hear the good news, people, you don't need to beat anybody to come to Jesus. You just share the good news with them, and they'll sit there and go, hmm, I need that. And over and over again, every service we're here, people make decisions they're going to receive. And, and that's not me talking to them. Sometimes I give, I give messages that aren't even anything about Jesus dying for our sins and salvation, yet people still get saved. Because that's not my job to convict them. It's the Holy Spirit's job to convict them. And here's the great news. He can do that outside of the church. We were talking to, we were talking to, we were listening to a, a friend of ours, one of the missionaries we support here as a church, and she and her husband run a Bible school and a church down in Australia. She travels all over the world. She said she had just finished preaching in a church here in America, and she was, I think, in the Miami airport or somewhere like that. She said, and she was tired and was crowded, and she, she went to go sit up on a, a planter just to sit down. She kind of had to jump to get up there, and when she landed, she, she was sitting right next to a businessman, and he went, Wow, you did that pretty good. And uh, she just thought, oh, thank you. He said, uh, 
You must be, you're in good shape. You must be real young. You're in your 30s. She thought, this, this guy's hitting on me. <laughs> and uh, she said, uh, I'm 64. He said, 64? You don't look 64? Well, you look so much younger. She said, he is hitting on me. And she said, she said to him, she said, well, she said, I, 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 I'm in good shape because my husband <laughs> loves me so much and takes such good care of me. She said she just shared that. She wasn't trying to be unkind. She just she wanted to make sure he, he said the man started to cry. Just broke down and started to cry. He said, is that even real? You can have a relationship like that. He said, my girlfriend just left me. He said, I'm going back home to an empty house. He looked at her and said, can you help me? She said, I can. And she, she shared Jesus with him and prayed with the guy right there in the airport. She said, tears streaming down his face. That wasn't her saying something to convict him. That wasn't her stepping up next to him and going, you know, Jesus, are you going to heaven or going to hell? It's, it's just her living life and, 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 and being a loving person and the Holy Spirit did a work and convicted. So here's, here's the thing too, parents sometimes. I know, I know parents who have children, who adult children, maybe who've left the home and when they come back, um, you got to be real careful about this. Because I know with parents, you want your kids to have a relationship with the Lord. Maybe they've been away with the Lord, and we think it's our job to convict them. My mother used to do that. Oh, my gosh. I would, I would come home when I, I, I fell away from the Lord when I was in college, and when I would come home, man, it was all about Jesus. Man, what a beautiful day. My mom's like, Jesus made the day. I'm like, yes, yes, Mom, he made, he made the day. You know, man, it's just gorgeous out here in these trees. You know, God made all the trees and the flowers and said, yes, he did. Yes, he did. And I realized what my mother was doing is she was so afraid that I wouldn't come. Listen, it's not your job to convict. You love them. You pray for them. You believe God to send someone across their path. Let the Holy Spirit work in their hearts. Because it wasn't my mom just throwing Jesus down my throat every time I came home. Well, finally, he, the, the Lord, the Holy Spirit gave her some scriptures to stand on and she backed off which is really good because sometimes if you, you know, sometimes the more you push, the more they push back. I don't know who that's for, but it, 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 it's true. Let him do the work. Now here's, here's one of the things that people will say. I feel so condemned. Uh, the Holy Spirit is not the one making us feel horrible. That's not his job. He doesn't make us feel bad. When we sin or when we miss it, it's our own heart giving us trouble. I want, you to hear, I want you to stay with me just for a second. Some people think, and you know how it is, you mess up and you sin and you feel bad, hopefully. And, and the reason I say hopefully is because if you continue to do it time and time and time again, you can sear your conscience. But if, if you feel bad and you're like, oh, that's not the Holy Spirit convicting you. First John. My little children, let us not love in word or tongue, but indeed in the truth. And by this, we know that we're of the truth and shall assure our hearts before you. For if our heart condemns us, if our heart, you notice that said, if our heart condemns us, God's greater than our heart and he knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, then we have confidence toward God. So in other words, when you miss it, 
when I miss it and we sin, that we don't have, we don't have a confidence toward God. Our heart condemns us. Our heart troubles us. It's not the Holy Spirit pushing you down. It's you. Your own heart's going, oh, you ain't right. You are just not right. And so, but people think, well, that's, that's the Holy Spirit. No, 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 no. That, that's, that's you. I talked to a guy one time he, when I used to shake hands uh, at the door. And uh, don't, I'm not going back to that. Don't worry. But uh, I would shake hands at the door. And i never forget this big guy, big burly guy, worked work construction. He came by. He'd been an alcoholic. And he, he came and he walked past and he shook my hand. And I just said, man, how you doing? And he burst into tears. And he said, he said, man, he said, man, he said, yeah, I've been doing so good. And then this week I, I, this week I got drunk. And I, he was just weeping. Big guy. And I went, praise God. That was not the response he was thinking he was going to get. I said, you used to get drunk and it never bothered you. I said, now you did it, and now you're now it's it wasn't, it wasn't God making him feel bad. In fact, it's God who helped me to help him get him back in fellowship with the Lord. Let's confess this. Let's get rid of this. Let's don't hang on to this. That's the Holy Spirit's role. But when we mess up, it's our own heart. Here's a there's a verse in in Second uh, Samuel. David did something that God asked him not to do. He numbered the people, and that was just something the Lord told the kings, don't do it. He did it anyway. And look at notice that first. He said, and David's heart condemned him after he numbered the people. So David said to the Lord, I've sinned greatly in what I've done, but now I pray, O Lord, take away the iniquity of your servant, the sin, for I've done very foolishly. So David did it, and his own heart condemned him. If you read in King James, the King James says his own heart smote him. Smote means you've been popped pretty good. But smote means it just, it's, it's almost like a, ooh. Have you ever had that? You missed it, and you just go, oh, man, you just feel so bad. That's your own heart. When, um, when I was away from the Lord just had, and lived away from the Lord and met, met Joy, many of you have heard that story. And uh, I met Joy, and she was visiting her sister for two weeks, and we were at a park. And I looked at her, and I, uh, I said, do you think you and I have any future together? She looked at me, and she smiled. She said, no. Real sweet, no? She said, she said, the man I marry is going to be the spiritual head of my house. And when she said that, I, I was convicted in my heart. And I started to weep. It was a real, it was kind of a very embarrassing moment because that, that's kind of like the, one of the number one guy rules is, is if a girl rejects you, you don't cry. <laughs> Guys, if you're listening to me, don't, don't cry. Just... Fake it till you make it. Wait till you get in the car, but don't cry. Don't worry. And, but she, she, she said that, and, and I couldn't stop. And I realized that's just not rejection. That's conviction. I was convinced that I was away from God. And I took her home to her apartment. I went to mine, and I remember falling across my bed, and I cried out. I said, God, I'm, I'm tired of running from you. See, the Holy Spirit was not... He's not piling on when you're down. He's the one to help get you back up. So he's not the one keeping you down. And a lot of times people feel so condemned and they're like, God's condemning me. He is not condemning you. 
He's the one that helped me recognize, Alan, give your heart to the Lord. And I gave, I gave my heart to the Lord that day and got up and just all of a sudden just felt like a, a burden just lifted off of me. I went, I went running. I was talking to the Lord and wound up, well, you know the rest of the story, wound up marrying Joy. So I was right. She was wrong. Uh, <laughs> But, 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 you know, the, the beautiful thing was it wasn't the Holy Spirit piling on, keeping you down. He's the one to help you get back up. Yes. And so now, and, and someone else, they, they need to, they need to make, a, make a turn. I made a turn. I repented. I asked the Lord to forgive. First John 1, 9 said, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, look at this, to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He's faithful and just to do that. And so no need to stay down. If you've been down, if you've missed it, if you're, if you're upset, it's not God holding you down. He's the, he's, don't run away from him. Go to him when you've messed up. Does that make sense? And the Holy Spirit's there to help you. He convicts the world of sin. The second thing he does is he convinces, con convicts, convinces the world of righteousness. Righteousness is our right standing with God. It's our place with God because we've received Jesus. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 29 to 31. No flesh should glory in his presence. Talking about God's presence. But of him, but of God, you are in Christ. In other words, when you made Jesus your Lord, you now have a relationship. You're now in Christ who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. The word sanctification means simply separation and redemption. Purchase back. That as is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. I can't, I can't glory in the fact that I've been made in right standing with God. I can't glory in the fact I didn't do it. It was a gift. I'm thanking the Lord. He did it for me. When you made Jesus your Lord, you got immediately placed into right standing with God. Yes. And, the, and the role of the Holy Spirit is to help us see that you are in right standing with God. Because we have an accuser, Satan, who's constantly telling us how bad we are, how how. We've got other junk that we brought to the table. We've got stuff that we have brought in. And sometimes people feel like, well, I'm just, you know, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. And, and, and the enemy is like, oh, yeah, that's all you are. You're, that's all you are. You're an old sinner. You'll never be a good Christian. And his role is to keep you down. It's the Holy Spirit's role to remind you you are not an old sinner saved by grace anymore. You're now the righteousness of God in Christ. You are now in right standing with God. Because you're in right standing with God, then all the benefits of the kingdom belong to you. Not to preachers. Not to people that you feel like or there's no caste system in God's kingdom. It's Jesus and us. And it's all equal. Right? And if it's all equal, then all the benefits that apply to me are, apply to you. Now, every time I say that, I know people are like, no, Alan, no. You're the pastor. Yeah, you got some, like some golden road. When you, when you get up in the morning, I know there's like an angelic choir. <laughs> right outside waiting to get you coffee going, he's a... <laughs> I walk in, the dog bows. No, anyway, no, no, no. No. Boudreau, the only way, reason he bows because he wants me to scratch him behind the ears. It's, it's, it's the same. It's the same. Anointed to preach, anointed to lead a church, anointed to pastor, anointed to teach, but that's a job role. My righteousness is the same as yours. It's in Christ. I don't come to the Lord and go, it's Pastor Allen. 
And he'll go, uh, yeah, who made you a pastor? That would be you, sir. And, and who saved you? Well, that would be you. And whose righteousness are you coming on with? That would be Jesus. Sin. So are you glorying? No, sir, I'm not. I'm like everyone else. I glory in what Jesus has done for me. I am grateful for what he has done. And what he's done for me, he's done for you. That's why the Bible said he's no respecter of persons. And it's the Holy Spirit who will keep reminding you that this is what you are. See, even we talk about this and something on the inside goes, that's good, that's right, that's good. Because that's what, that's truth. Jesus said, I'm not here. You know, if he was here and, and in person, he's gone. He's gone, to, he's back at the right hand of God. If he was in person, he could look at us and, and tell us, you're in right standing. And we could look at him and we could see the, the look on his face and well, we'd be so convinced, but he's not here. But he sent a helper who tells us, you got right standing with God. You're right. You can pray. You can go boldly to the throne of grace. You can. See, that's the beautiful thing about this. The Holy Spirit, he's going to tell you, you can. Now, you might be in your head going, no, I can. No, no. And he'll go, no, that's you. That's you. Because this ain't based on what you used to be or what you were or who your parents are or what your background is or how many times this is. You have messed things up. This is based on what Jesus has done for us. And when you made him Lord, you got in right standing with him. Say, so, well, and I haven't lived right. Well, you can make an adjustment in that because because you're in right standing, now you have the ability to live right. Living right doesn't put you in right standing. Right standing puts you with the ability to live right. So don't, you know, I've heard people say, man, man, when I get my life cleaned up, I'm coming to church. You got it backwards. You got it backwards. Come to Jesus, let him clean your life up, and then, listen, then it's not a problem. You're trying to do it all yourself. You can't do it all yourself. Just, call, just go ahead and come fess up. Say, I'm guilty, I'm a sinner, I need the Lord Jesus Christ. And he'll go, fine, you are saved, and now you are in right standing with me, and then right, right living becomes a whole lot easier. Listen, don't try to live this life without being a Christian. I'm going to be a good moral person. Good. But it's a whole lot better to be a good righteous person living out what God's done for us. And the Holy Spirit, what, what he does is he convinces us of that because the enemy's job is to convince you that you're not. Here's the last one. He convinces us of judgment. You're like, whoa, judgment? Yeah, but Jesus said, because the ruler of this world is judged. Here's the good news. The ruler of this world, Jesus, is referring to Satan. Let me give you a couple of scriptures for that. So I, don't, I don't believe in Satan. Well, you might want to change that. Go ahead and put that up in John, if you would, guys. I know it jumped on you. Now the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. This is Jesus talking around the same time to his disciples. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. Will you put the next one up as well? I will no longer talk much with you for the ruler of this world is coming and has nothing in me. So Jesus is saying that the Holy Spirit will remind you that the ruler of this world, of this world system is Satan, but he's been defeated. He is, he is defeated. He is no longer the ruler. You are no longer under his authority. And this is what the Holy Spirit will tell you. He's judged. He's defeated. You don't have to be afraid of him. He's, he's done. Colossians, first chapter, if you want to He, Jesus, has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. 
You, me, when you made Jesus your Lord, you were delivered out of the power of darkness and conveyed into the kingdom of God's Son. Now, here's, here's the beautiful thing. And you understand this. Anybody ever work for a bad boss? If they're here, don't, don't look at them. Just look straight ahead. <laughs> Anybody ever work for a bad boss? I mean, just a, uh, you hated going to work. Oh, man, you hated going to work. And then you left that job and you got another job. And, oh, you, you came to work at the, for the ark and you got the most wonderful boss in the world. <laughs> And your old boss calls you one day and you, you, you see, you see his, his name come up on your phone. And you go, oh, your stomach just clenches. You're like, oh. And you pick up the phone and he goes, why aren't you at work? You better get in here at work if you ever want to get another dime from me. Or I'm telling you what, he just cusses at you and tells you how sorry you are. And, you, 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 and you're going, yes, sir, yeah. wait. I don't work for you. You're not the boss of me. You ever heard your kids say that? <laughs> You're not the boss of me. If you don't work for him anymore, <laughs> here's what you do. <laughs> I will tell you something, boss. <laughs> it ain't happening because you're not my boss anymore. This is me hanging up. Boom. I still like the old phones where you could go. But how many of you know, if he's not your boss, you're not under his authority anymore. He can't tell you anything to do. He can't. So it's the Holy Spirit that reminds you that your old boss, Satan, is no longer your boss anymore. And when he says, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to hurt you, I'm going to wreck your life, you go, hey, hey, wait a minute, hold on. You're not the boss of me. Jesus is my Lord. I'm outside of your kingdom. I'm in the kingdom of his dear son. I got righteousness and I've got a helper on the inside who is greater than you and you're defeated. That's good news. That's real good news. And the Holy Spirit will remind you that he's judged. One quick story and we'll close. When I came back to Texas in 1990, I was working for admin staff and I um, I I took a job with them. It was straight commission. And I got them to agree to pay me like $2,000 a month draw against commission. Man, we were, you talk, you talk about living tight. We were living tight. And I trained and I, I was going and ready to go to make my first sales call with them. They trained me for a little bit. I'm making my first sales call. I'm, I'm sitting with another uh, salesman and I'm sitting in the guy's office. It's my turn to make the presentation. And I got hit with a panic attack, an anxiety attack. And all of a sudden, I'm sitting in an air-conditioned room and sweat begins to pour off my face. And I couldn't stop it. And my, my heart was beating and sweat was just pouring. Now, if, if you have a salesman who is sweating profusely in an air-conditioned room, that does not inspire confidence in anybody. You're thinking, what is this guy's problem? Is he lying? I, I, I actually excused myself. I went to the bathroom, put cold water on my face, came back in, Barely finished the presentation. And I thought, uh-oh. So then when I made a, a sales call on my own, I sit down in the office and sweat starts to pour again. And these anxiety attacks, and boy, the enemy is giving me fits. You're going to, you're going to lose your house. You're going to wind up. I, I remember I passed a government housing project, and, and the enemy said, you're going to be living there. Now, if you live there, I'm not, I'm not criticizing you, but if you've never lived there, to go there is a, is a huge step backwards. And man, I was, I, man, I'm dealing with this. 
and, I, and I'm praying, I would drive and I'd be sitting in the lobby waiting to talk to him and all of a sudden, it would just, it would come up over me and I would start to sweat and it's starting to pour out and I thought, I, I, I can't, I can't do this. But thank God we have a helper. I'm sitting in the lobby one day and I, I've been asking, Lord, Lord, show me what to do. I need help. I'm sitting in the lobby one day and a verse came up, John 8, 36. He whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Yes. And man, that rose up in my heart and I went, that's right. That's right. I'm free. This wasn't Alan's great memory. This was the helper, the gift, who's telling me, Alan, you don't have to put up with this. The Lord set you free from this. The enemy is not going to dominate you. Now, you listen to me. Some of you are dealing with that. Why don't you listen to me right here? That is not God's plan for you. That is not his will for you. He's not the one doing that to you. And if you belong to Jesus, you are free. You're going to have to stand on that. And it, man, I tell you what, man, I rose up and no sweat came off. I walked in, sold that account, and never had another one again. Whom the Son has made free is free indeed. What is the Holy Spirit doing? He's reminding me that the ruler of this world is no longer my ruler. He is judged. He is defeated. He is cast down. Jesus is my Lord. I'm on the winning kingdom. I'm on the winning side. And you're not going to put that junk on me. Now this, this. Say, does that work for you because you're a preacher? No, that works for me because I wasn't even a preacher. That worked for me because I was a salesman. No, it didn't work for me because I was a salesman. It worked for me because I was a believer. And if I belong to the Lord, and just like if you belong to the Lord, it belongs to you. This wasn't something special that, Alan, that God did for Alan because he needed to preach. Alan wasn't preaching anywhere. Alan was selling. Does that make sense? Bow your heads just for a second. No one looking around. I don't want anybody embarrassed. Who's dealing with this? Yeah. Panic attacks. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's pray about this right now. And let's put an end to this. Hands went up all over. You're not alone. But it doesn't have to go any further than this. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, right now, we join our faith with our brothers and sisters in Christ that you have made them free, that the ruler of this world is not their ruler, and that these panic attacks and anxiety attacks have to stop in Jesus' name. We thank you for it. We thank you for their freedom. We give you all the praise for it in Jesus' name. Now, head still bowed and eyes closed. For those of you who are dealing with that, now, now you begin to go, okay. Alan prayed, the church prayed with me. Now, my stance is, thank you, Lord, that I am free. I am free from anxiety attacks. Say, so well, I, I still, no, 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 don't, don't talk about how you feel. I am free from anxiety attacks. And I'm going to rejoice before I see or feel anything change. That's your job now. You're just, your job is to rejoice and to make that stand, John 8, 36. You can make that stand. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed if you came this evening and you said, 
Alan, I don't even know if I have a relationship with the Lord. You start talking about being convicted, and I felt it. And I don't, I don't want to be this way. Or maybe you're like I was. Maybe you're away from God. And uh, you realize it, and you say, I, I don't want to stay. We're going to say a prayer. We're not going to have you stand up, come to the front. Not going to, our purpose is not to embarrass you. Our purpose is to give you access to the one who loves you more than anyone else. We're going to say a prayer. And... This is a prayer. We're going to say it with you as a church family. You're watching online. You can pray this prayer. I am going to ask you to do one thing. If that's you I'm talking to, and you say, you know what? I know I'm not where I should be with God. I know I'm not right with God. Would you pray for me? Shoot your hand up real quick across the auditorium, and we're going to pray. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. 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 Good. Thank you. Thanks. You can put your hands down. We're going to pray. Heads are bowed. Eyes are closed. Maybe you didn't lift your hand. You wanted to. Listen, it's okay. Let's, let's pray this prayer together. You pray it out of your heart. God sees heart, hands. He sees hearts. We're going to pray it with you as a church family. Watching online, pray this with us. Say, Dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I said yes to you. Heavenly Father, thank you. For those who have stepped out of spiritual darkness into light and for those who have come back home, thank you that they have a witness on the inside, that they're your children, they're part of your kingdom. The ruler of this world is no longer their ruler. And Father, for those of us here, thank you of reminding us that you're there to help us, that you're there to remind us that we have right standing with you, and you're there to remind us that the enemy is defeated and we're in the winning side. Father, we give you all the praise for that. We thank you for your gift to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We hope this message has blessed you. We have services every single Sunday at 9 and 1030 and Wednesday nights at 7. We'd love to see you here. Have a great week.